0: The law of the Lord
1: is perfect, converting the soul. The judgments of the
0: Lord are true and righteous
1: altogether, more to be. I'm gold, sweeter also than honey than the honeycomb. Welcome to season two of the Believe and Follow podcast. I'm your host, James Ritazzi. We're kicking off season two with an episode titled, Do Not Be Deceived. There are two anecdotes that I've been wanting to get into the podcast, and I think they fit well with today's topic. Back in the 80s, I was shopping in a huge warehouse-sized Pathmark supermarket. As I and the person with me were going about our business, I noticed as I looked down one of the aisles... Two employees of the supermarket huddled together conversing. One of them pointed toward the ceiling. So I looked up and noticed the very high ceiling was obscured by smoke, and so I said to the one with me, the building is on fire, we should leave. The response I got was, we can't leave, as this is the day of the week when coupon values are doubled and the store coupons expired at the end of that day. Back in those days, it was possible once a week, with careful planning and judicious coupon clipping, to purchase a shopping cart full of groceries for a fraction of the actual cost. All the planning that had gone into this week's shopping excursion would be for naught if we did not complete the task. So we finished our shopping. And as we approached the checkout in the front of the store, I could see through the window that the store parking lot was filled with emergency vehicles. As we passed through the checkout, I made a joke to the checkout girl. I said, do you get paid extra for working in a burning building? She looked at me and scowled, I have to be here, what's your excuse? The Pathmark wound up closed for a few months due to the damage to the building from the fire. This episode has stuck with me down through the years. After telling anecdote number two, I'll tie them in, hopefully, to this week's topic. Back in the 70s now, I'm with my father at the doctor's office for his yearly checkup. The doctor has his stethoscope in his ears and the bell of the stethoscope on my father's chest and he asks my dad the yearly question if he's quit smoking yet. My father says no and so the doctor takes the stethoscope out of his ears and puts it in my father's ears and asks him to breathe in and out. Hear that crunching sound, he says? Those are your emphysema scars. You really need to quit smoking. And so on the ride home, I asked my father, Are you going to quit smoking now? You have emphysema. My dad responded with, he didn't say I had emphysema, just emphysema scars. I didn't know what to do with that bit of denial, and so I dropped the subject. He did actually quit smoking some years later, but not soon enough. It was lung cancer that killed him. So how do these two stories relate to the topic at hand despite receiving warnings we often do not heed them if everything seems to be going just fine and so we deceive ourselves for example because of the nature of organs like the lungs we can be walking around with disease for decades before we notice any symptoms And so the warnings from doctors and such fall on deaf ears. Everything seems to be going just fine. I might get away with going about my business in a burning building, but if this became my habit based on previous experience, I would certainly be endangering myself and others. The same can be said about our spiritual well-being It is so easy to be deceived into thinking everything is fine and ignore the warning signs. Spiritually, the disease of sin is in all our bodies. The building is on fire. If we do not take appropriate action, this will kill us if it hasn't already. The Apostle Paul had some serious concerns for the churches in the region of Galatia. His letter to the Galatians is filled with stern warnings concerning the consequences of some of the teachings they were adopting. They seemed unaware of the hazards confronting them. As he is summing up his letter of warning and appeal for action, he says this,
0: Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up.
1: That's Galatians, chapter 6, verses 7 to 9. And so, the title of this week's episode, Do Not Be Deceived. How does the concept of sowing and reaping fit in with all this? I could be engaged in a practice or belief that is sowing the seeds of my own destruction, but everything will seem fine until the time comes for me to reap the consequences of what I have been sowing all these years. My father smoked for more than forty years, everything was fine until it wasn't. I remember a moment sitting at my sister's kitchen table some years ago, and her husband Raphael mentions in passing his concern that my brother Stephen and I are not sufficiently prepared for retirement. I don't remember what I said, but I do remember what I thought. Now, I'm sure his concern was well-intentioned, and certainly, planning for retirement is an excellent example of sowing and reaping thinking. But even more important than planning for retirement is sowing to the Spirit, planting the seeds that will allow us to reap eternal life. Do not be deceived. If we fail to do this, the consequences are far, far more serious than the person who has not adequately planned for retirement. This is my concern, and this is why I speak. I am sure I did not say this to my brother in law, but perhaps I should have. If you are in danger of running off a cliff, the person who is your friend is not the one who is saying, Gee, you're looking good today, but rather the one who is saying, Stop! You're in danger of running off a cliff. This warning applies both to people who are actively religious and to people who are not religious at all. If I'm walking on the sidewalk, I need to be less concerned about being hit by a car than when crossing the street. If you see me crossing a busy street and I don't appear to be looking both ways, you might warn me. Spiritually, if we haven't already, we are in danger of being deceived, hence the warnings. Scripture speaks on this because we are in danger. Now, nobody wants to hear that they have been deceived, but Scripture would not be warning us if a warning were not necessary.
0: Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change.
1: This is a more benign warning from James chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. These verses follow a warning about temptation and being enticed by our own desires. These can be a motivation towards self-deception. James cautions us to remember that all good things we have are gifts from God. In fact, later in the same chapter, James cautions us to be doers of the Word and not just hearers only, deceiving ourselves. Our interaction with God's Word must be active and not passive.
0: What do I gain if, humanly speaking, I fought with beasts at Ephesus. If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor, as is right, and do not go on sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame.
1: That's from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 32 through 34 in the New Testament an important topic is the resurrection and eternal life these concepts might seem kind of foreign and so as we noticed earlier there is a hazard in not being prepared when this all comes to pass The Apostle Paul warned against this sort of skepticism. Once again, an active, not passive response is required. Wake up and do not go on sinning. What does the bad company thing have to do with any of this? If the people around us, the culture we find ourselves in, pay no attention to God's word, and as a result do things and teach things that are sinful we will do the same this will be our life our culture and so these sins will seem right to us and so we are deceived and will not inherit eternal life
0: or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be deceived neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God.
1: Now remember, these warnings are written to those in the church. The Apostle Paul does not mince words here. This is an active thing and not a passive thing. Today's message is a call to action to both those who are active in some sort of organized religion and those who might consider themselves spiritual but not religious. We are all in danger of being deceived. The warning, do not be deceived, is very closely connected with the many warnings in Scripture about false teachers. Jesus warned in the Sermon on the Mount,
0: Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves.
1: The Apostle Paul, towards the end of his life,
0: to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease, night or day, to admonish every one with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified.
1: This is a very moving passage from Acts chapter 20. The final words of the Apostle Paul to these people. He warns them that some from their own group will lead people astray. He tells them to be alert and reminds them that he has been warning them all along. Considering these stern warnings, what can we do to help us keep from being deceived? Or how do we detect if we have been deceived? As the Apostle says here, we should be alert. We have been warned. We should be on guard. We should all be ready to help each other. What else? I'd like to be able to discuss these things more with people, but who wants to hear that they've been deceived? Remember these warnings in scripture are directed toward religious people, those already in the church. I have noticed a prevalent attitude among preachers and other well-respected individuals in the church. I call it the Chili Palmer Principle. In 1995, there was a film called Get Shorty. It was a comedy, and John Travolta played this gangster character named Chili Palmer. And there is a scene where he breaks into the home of Harry Zim, played by Gene Hackman. And so the Gene Hackman character asks the John Travolta character, who had just broken in, who are you? And Travolta says, I'm the guy who's telling you the way it is. I often find myself in conversations, especially with evangelists and established members of the church, where this is their attitude. They see their role as telling and not listening. Some seem unable to accept the concept that anyone can tell them anything. This is a recipe for self-deception considering what scripture teaches us about the state of many of the religious people Jesus interacted with and what we see today every one of us should be eager to listen and even perhaps to be corrected especially since the consequence of being in error is so extreme this applies to those in the church and even more to everyone else
0: know this my beloved brothers let every person be quick to hear slow to speak slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God
1: James chapter 1 verses 19 and 20 it is often said that it is wise to avoid discussing politics and religion This would not be true of religion, at least, if we were following the instruction found in God's word.
0: Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you, for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame.
1: That's 1 Peter 3, verses 13 and 16. Do not be deceived. In order for us to follow this instruction, we all need to be alert for deception creeping into our spiritual life. Plus, we should always be open to discussion of our religious beliefs, especially if someone is concerned that we are in error. We should resist the all-too-common human tendency to be defensive and uncooperative. Like I said earlier, this message is a call to action. Let's begin by having open conversations with gentleness and respect and begin to carve out a personal relationship in the truth so we can all protect each other from being deceived. If you have any questions, comments or concerns or even if you have any helpful suggestions please feel free to email me at James at believeandfollow.org. That's all for now. Goodbye and God bless. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul.
0: The judgments of
1: the Lord
0: are true all
1: together, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much wine.